Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. And now the Bengals will turn to their rookie kicker, Evan McPherson. The Bengals' Super Bowl chances rest on his right foot. The kick is up. It is good. Coffin nails. Bam, bam, bam. That is unbelievable. Here it comes. Snap back to Garoppolo. Pocket crumbling. He spins out. He's hit. He's wrapped up. He flips it forward. It's tipped. It's intercepted. It's intercepted. It's intercepted. Aaron Donald got pressure on Garoppolo. And Craven Howard flinches the NFC Championship game. San Francisco is heading home. The Rams are staying home to play in Super Bowl 56. Another great day of football. We've been spoiled. All future postseasons ruined by this year. 2022, you're on notice. You got to bring it. You got to bring it next year. Unbelievable. We talk about this all the time. When you take a game and you peel it away from the rest and you watch it stand alone, there's a chance it's not going to be very good. That was one of the realities of Thursday Night Football. You take one of the games out of the Sunday morass. They're not all great. You're going to possibly get a stinker from time to time when we all get to watch. Six in a row. Six for six. We've got an awesome high-stakes games. we got one more this year. It's coming up in 13 days. Hopefully, it can live up to the standard that's been set, Chris. But my goodness, yesterday, yesterday, every bit as good as last weekend because yesterday the winners punched their tickets to SoFi Stadium. 
for Super Bowl 56. Good morning. Good morning. What's up, man? No, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It really is. I, I mean, again, I think the last six games, they've just had a little bit of everything to offer. I think that's what's so impressive. I mean, again, yesterday, the AFC champ, you know, Slay the King Chiefs and the Rams and the upstart football team, Matt Stafford, the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, all these great storylines. They were all phenomenal football games. And now, you know, what's amazing to me, and I think it's cool, I mean, the, the one thing that jumped out to me, Mike, is two new teams in the Super Bowl. I mean, we never seen this matchup, Bengals, Rams. I know it's not, they're not new. I know they've been there before, but I always get excited for that. And it's like, it's cool for the NFL, too. I don't think you could talk about two different franchises who got a, a different approach. And I think it shows you everything that the NFL has to offer. Last week, the divisional games, the conference championship. Now we're going to the Super Bowl, the Rams, the salary team, the trade away, your first round picks, Hollywood top heavy and then you got a team like the Bengals where it's like they've kind of done it the old-fashioned way it's homegrown it's you know economical it's through the draft it's all of that and now they're going to show up in the Super Bowl against each other and it should be good because everything's been good and we got two good teams here left so it's pretty cool it really is unbelievable football fifth Super Bowl appearance by the Rams they have won one third Super Bowl appearance for the Bengals they have won Zero. They're one of a handful of teams out there. Not more than a handful, really. You consider they've played 55 of these Super Bowls. There are plenty of teams that have never won one, and there are more than a few that have never been there. But for the Bengals, it's number three. First time in 33 years. Tom Brady was 11 the last time the Bengals were in the Super Bowl. And, and by the way, by the way, nice try, Tommy. You tried to upstage the conference championship weekend. It didn't work. We'll talk about him coming up, and I'm joking, I think. But uh, the, the Brady news got pushed aside once they started playing the games yesterday. Or more importantly, Chris, once they got to the second half of Bengals-Chiefs. Because the first half felt like the letdown for the exciting games that we had quickly become spoiled by. The Chiefs were up 21-3. And no stat screams out yesterday's game more than Patrick Mahomes. First half, second half. First half, 18 for 21 three touchdowns second half eight for 15 no touchdowns one pick unbelievable for the second time in the same month january 2 january 30 the bengals figure out how to shut down the kansas city offense in the second half it's unbelievable and i know that we get caught up in joe burrow and jamar chase and what the offense does and defense getting it done against the chiefs twice in a month Unbelievable. And and I mentioned yesterday, Lou Anaramo, uh, yeah, he got interviewed by the Giants. I think some of these teams are still kind of floating around trying to figure out what to do. You may want to do a little research on the Bengals' defensive coordinator before they make final decisions, Chris. Well, I mean, it's it's every week it's been something, like, pretty impressive. I mean, I think that's the thing that, you know, that you jump out. I think we've talked about a little last week in the podcast. I mean, we've seen, you know, multiplicity within the defense, game plan-specific stuff from that side of the football. And you're right. I mean, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, it's all awesome. That's really great. But the story is that, what you just talked about. It's, it's the fact that the Bengals, who just hung around, hung around, oh, my 
my gosh, are they going to get blown out? Oh, wait, they're still in the football game. Oh, wait, the defense has really got a hold of Patrick Mahomes and the offense. I mean, the Bengals, they're unbelievable. You just can't kill them. It's really the, that that's what you want to say more than anything. But, like, as much as, like, and listen, Joe Burrow, the offense hanging in there, making plays when they had to, the defense, of course, the second half changing things up, like this play right here. This shows it all. Can we rewind that a little bit and show it? This, to me, is where if we could show that last interception, guys. Look, this is what the Bengals did in the second half. They changed things up, Mike. You know how it is. Look, this is Hendrickson. He drops back. He's the guy in the way of the RPO that now makes you know uh, Mahomes clutch the ball, and then it gets tipped in the air from the interception. But within saying all this and all this stuff about the Bengals and, yeah, the defensive game plan was better and they had some curveballs in the second half, like, I still can't sit here and just sit here and go, the main story is the Bengals won. I, I, I mean, the Bengals won, yes. But the Chiefs did some of the dumbest crap I've ever seen yesterday. I don't know what else to say. I think that's where the story starts for me, Mike. I mean, I don't know about you, but that's how I feel. The first half? You're on the one-yard line with the greatest offense we've seen in football over the last decade. You have two plays at nine seconds. You come away with no points. Not acceptable. Like, not acceptable in that moment. It's a microcosm of the Chiefs for the whole year. We thought they got this, like, disease away from them. But it came back. There it was. Just dumb crap Chiefs, stuff, Chiefs, Chiefs team does. The RPO interception. I think you look at that. Like, here's the last play of the first half. That's just stupid. You know, Mahomes, Andy Reid, whatever. The fact that you leave points on the board in the AFC Championship game, let alone points on the board and lose momentum that you should have going to the half and you should be going into the half going, yeah, we're up by at least 14 and we're kicking their butt and we got more to come. Instead, you went into half and the other team was going, yeah, we're still in this and we're only down 11. You look at that, the stupid RPOs that I'm sick of seeing from the Kansas City Chiefs. I bet you look at most of Mahomes' interceptions this year. It's him off a run fake trying to jam a ball over the middle and then the end of the game, you can't let that up either. First down, we run the ball for two or three yards. We got all this time left on the clock. We're running for seven yards a carry the whole game. And then we drop back and throw it on second and third down and get sacked and barely kick a field goal that, you know, we can make to, to send the game in overtime. Here, I mean, this to me is run the ball. They can't stop you running the ball. Why do you have to drop back and pass? I don't understand it. That was the strength. That was your advantage for your football team. I'm sorry, Mike, but I want to give the Bengals credit. But to me, more of the story is the Chiefs blowing things and doing dumb stuff. Because when the Chiefs play their A-plus game, I think we saw that yesterday, it's hard to look at any teams in football and go, oh, they're better than when the Chiefs play their A-plus game. It's just when they don't play their A-plus game, they play a C-minus game. And that's where they did yesterday, and that's why they're going to be at home for the Super Bowl. Sorry, Mike, I'm so long How many? There. How many times? Yeah, how, yeah, how many yeah. times? Remember, remember what I say. Anytime you think you're going on too long, you're definitely going on too long. That said, that said it's an exciting day. I don't blame you. Look, look. We've seen this with the Chiefs. They find the gas pedal. They score their 28 points, and then they're done. And that's it. They don't sustain it all four quarters. We see it in spurts, and we see it get turned off. I want to talk more in a minute about what the Bengals did defensively in the second half. Yeah. But, Chris, I'll tell you this, because I still have scars from 1998, Vikings-Falcons, when the Vikings are up 20-7 to late in the half, and they decide we're going to turn it on and we're going to go for more. Drops back. Randall Cunningham gets hit by Chuck Smith. Ball comes out. 
The Falcons get a touchdown, make it 20 to 14. The vibe changes dramatically. And even though, even though the Chiefs were still up 21 to 10, psychologically, yes, it changes. As the two teams enter the locker room, right? As the as the two teams enter the locker room, it's 21 10 instead of 24 10 or 28 10. Yes. 24 10, even though it still would have been a two score game, 24 10 feels different. So, what it allows Zach Taylor to do, and I don't know that he said this or not, but I know Dan Reeves, the late Dan Reeves, said this to the Falcons at halftime of that game in Minnesota 23 years ago. They let us hang around. They let us hang around. And now we're going to go out there and we're going to take it. And. And from the Chiefs' perspective, you know, that first drive of the second half, because they had the, the classic Belichick opportunity. Yes, they score, did. Score, halftime, score. Right. And, they, and, and there was the first drive of the second half is when something seemed different, to the point where, Chris, I went back last night after the Rams won against the 49ers, and I dialed up Chiefs-Bengals. And I was watching, and I was looking, and I scanned through the box score. Like, was there a time Patrick Holmes took a big hit? Was he injured? that we didn't know about did he get dinged and nobody just happened to notice that maybe he was concussed in some way no evidence of anything like that they, they, they just they just lost their mojo in the second half and part of it was because I was poking around trying to find out like from people who are at the game is there any talk that he was maybe that he got a hit that something wasn't right because something didn't seem right sure we never seen him fall off a cliff he fell off a cliff one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen fell off a cliff after the first half and, and the, the story is, and I'm sure you'll see it when you break down all the film, the Bengals were ready to make a dramatic change in their defensive they approach did. in the second no half. No doubt. They, they maybe would have thought about using it a little earlier, I, but no, it still seriously. worked. Right. It worked. Right. They got it done in the second half. Yeah, they, I mean, they were obviously holding these things back for the second half. I mean, again, I'm, I'm like you, I'm going – well, good thing they didn't, you know, it adds to the point. Good thing Kansas City didn't score there before the half, you know, because you go, wait, I mean, you might have needed some of that earlier on earlier on in the football game when Kansas City was carving you up. But I do, your point is real. I think that's the thing that jumped out to me as I'm sitting there watching, you know, not, again, we all know you can't blitz Patrick Mahomes. You can't blitz him. You can't leave the Kansas City Chiefs one-on-one -on -one downfield. Well, the Bengals took the opposite approach. I mean, not even doing, Mike, what we talk a lot where, you know, you blitz two and one drops out. We saw some of that. Like on the interception that he throws on the RPO, there's a guy that blitz and Hendrickson drops. So there was some of that that stressed the protection, makes the quarterback, wait, am I protected? Oh, I am good. Oh, wait, there's still seven guys back in coverage. And then more than anything, I think we saw a lot of, like, eight-man coverages, three-man rushes, 55 Wilson kind of hanging around the line of scrimmage, looking for somebody short crosser, looking for Mahomes when he breaks the pocket or steps up to one of the holes in the pocket from the three-man rush. And that was the, yes, the, the what, what do you want to say, the the diamond and the haystack or whatever there by Lou Anarumo to have that in his back pocket and be able to dial up some of those defenses that obviously, like you said, just confuse things. You know, you don't see the whole picture all the time, but there was too many plays where Mahomes dropped back and you went, oh, he doesn't like what he sees. Nothing's there. And you show show a replay, and I didn't see people popping wide open either, but brilliant game plan by the Bengals that kept them in it, and uh, Joe Burrow and then made some magic and took advantage of it from there. The first hint that the Bengals were not ready to give up down 21-3 was the catch and run by Samaje Ryan that gave it the Bengals a touchdown that made it 21-10. to But, you know, I'm looking at the scoring summary from their Week 17 game. Yeah. At halftime, they were down by 11. 
They were dead. So I, you know, Zach Taylor could have gone into the locker room and said, hey, we got him right where we want he him. He did. He did. In fact, we, I think we, that's we, what we, he we, said. We, yeah. We, we played him four weeks ago. They're up by 11. And here again, they're up by 11. And uh, the last time around, they won by three. This time around, they win by three. And this is the Piran run. That, that, that was like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. The, the Bengals got something going you on went, here. Yeah, The right? Bengals got something going on. Yeah, right. we got excited. I went, okay, yeah, they got something going on. But at that point, too, I also sat there and went, well, there's 105. And the other guy and the other quarterback is on fire right now. I was sitting there watching the game going, Cincinnati better do something. What are they going to just die a slow death and just play coverage? And, oh, the Chiefs will mess up. And, oh, this is not, you know, they'll get impatient. Because I was sitting there going, that's over. Like, this is a few weeks in a row. We've seen the Chiefs be patient. They're capable of doing that now. And they marched right down the field. And you went, oh, okay, well, the Bengals made a play, but the Chiefs are still going to show them who's boss here. And bing, bong, boom, right down the football field. And then we have the stupid moment there with nine seconds, two plays from the one-yard line to come away with no points. Again, it's unacceptable in AFC Championship football. It's moments like that, like you already talked about. Whether it's the points and the momentum, that is real to be able to go in the locker room and have that and go, wait, we're only down 11 and we got our asses kicked, okay? Sorry, London. I mean, absolutely kicked in the first half and there we were only two scores down and two scores and a touchdown and just a field goal uh, really remarkable but a lot of credit to the Bengals hanging in there and then making some plays in the third and fourth quarter let's hear from Chiefs coach Andy Reid and quarterback Patrick Mahomes on that last play of the first half that resulted in the Chiefs getting nothing and not liking it yeah, so I was, you know, I was hoping we could get get the ball in the end zone. I probably gave him the wrong play first of all. So uh, to start with, I could have given him something better than that, um, where the play was open in the end zone, and um, and then we wouldn't have to go through that. But it's, uh, I'll, I'll take responsibility for that one out. Yeah, we had just we had just ran a play. Uh, it took four seconds to play before. Um, where I burned it, so I knew that the time um, was low. Obviously, I knew we needed to get points. Uh, we called a play that we were trying to get someone over the middle quick, um, and then I was probably I was supposed to throw the ball away. Uh, I got greedy. I got a little greedy there and tried to give to Tyreek and get a touchdown. They had two people out there, um, so uh, definitely. I mean, in the long run of things, uh, it looks bad. But uh, I, if we had another chance, I'd, I would have went for another play again. Uh, uh, that it, it his was answer in, tells you it all. The, I would have gone for it again. Yeah. <laughs> I messed up. I messed up, no. and that was really stupid of me on that last play. Stupid. I mean, a, he should have thrown extra, it or thrown it away. Caffeinated Tony Romo was trying to say Tracy Wolfson's name, and he got tripped up, and he never made his point. And I think what they were trying to say was Mahomes insisted on not kicking the field goal and getting one more shot. He insisted on it, and you know he's got enough equity built up right that that okay fine hey yeah. you know, the guy's on fire in the first half all yeah. right here we go but this is not your normal situation this is not your regular season game where you can make a mistake and you know if it if it cascades toward a loss so be it we got a game next week there is no next week right and that's where i think psychologically teams need to understand the fundamental difference between regular season and postseason. I know that sounds obvious, but how many times do we see teams make a mistake that, yeah, yeah we see it throughout the regular season, but it, it magnifies in its psychological consequence what it does to your team when 
you you don't do that thing that you assume you're going to do and when it does to the other team when they pull it off and they keep you from scoring i think that deep down to a man that's the moment that it all changed that's the moment that the door was kicked open for the cincinnati Bengals, and they parlayed that into let's go take it from them we shouldn't be in a position where we're down only 11 points. They kicked our asses up and down the field for 30 minutes of football. How are we only losing by 11 points? It's on them that it's not 17 right. or at least 14. Right. Let's go take it. Let's go do it. And, uh, the, 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 yeah. you know, it's – I, I, yeah, I, I don't know when teams are going to learn this lesson. I don't know when they're going to learn this lesson. I think the problem is there's only one or two of these games every year – and only a few of the teams get to live it. You never really build up the institutional knowledge of understanding, except for Bill Belichick, of understanding what it takes in moments like that and the significance of screwing up and the significance of seizing on the other team's screw up, especially when you're the underdog. Well, yeah, that's what I think is disappointing too, though. You know, I mean, you're right. It's not easy. You know, that's why we talk about teams being battle-tested or having the experience of this moment. The problem is here we have a team that has no excuse. They've been here in this moment. They're the team that's here every year. That's where they can't mess it up. I mean, again, that's Patrick Mahomes. I, Andy Reid's taking one on the chin there. Patrick Mahomes on that third down play, it has to be look at the guy, throw the ball out of bounds. Okay, we have one second left. Now we can kick the field goal. He got greedy, you know, but we saw that throughout the year. Oh, it was, it was one of those things that struck this Kansas City Chiefs team. We talked about it throughout the year with Mahomes being greedy, not being patient. And here it was in the biggest moment of the year for their football team. They did it. And then they did it again at the end of regulation where you go, wait, it's, it's second and goal at the three-and-a-half-yard line. You're running the ball at will on them. Run the ball up the middle. Instead, they try to be fancy and take, you know, throw the ball. Let's pad the quarterback stats. They get sacked there. So all of that, I mean, just came back to bite them in the butt. I mean, this Bengals right there on that play, second and goal from the four-yard line. They were playing pass. They were going, eh, it's Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. I don't believe that they'll really run the football. They were all ready for the play-action pass. And then this here, too. You know, again, this goes back to Greedy as well. We're going to dance around and run around third and goal and almost fumble and not even give our team a chance to kick the game dying field goal. It was crazy what we saw in the second half. It was unbelievable. We saw a team that you go, in the first half, you go, this is the best team in football, and when they play like this, nobody can beat them. And in the second half, we saw a team where you go, damn, this looks like a team that barely got in the damn playoffs here. And it's just that's where it's frustrating with the Kansas City Chiefs. I thought Harrison Butker was going to miss that kick because he goes from chip shot right, to, to a real oh, field no. goal right. in just a couple of snaps. And right. credit to him for hitting it right down the middle. But, you know, on that on that third down play where Mahomes has plenty of time, how many times have we seen him yeah. have that kind of time and zing, touchdown? Right. And, and I don't know if he was just kind of thinking, I don't want to take any chances here. We got the three points in hand. But – you know, we, we saw the swagger in the play call, but not in the execution, if that makes any sense. They had the Chiefs swagger in deciding to pass, but I feel like they were tentative, and I feel like Mahomes especially was overly careful. Like, he's looking. He's trying to be a surgeon here. He doesn't want to throw anything that could potentially get exactly. picked off and end right. the game. Right. So he holds it too long and almost ends the game by fumbling it. I'm surprised the Bengals didn't recover. And again, kudos to Harrison Butker for making that field goal and forcing overtime. But, you know, Chris, 
you know, and, and I, I love the psychological aspects of football. I feel like the Chiefs are better when they're the underdog. Yeah, When right. nothing's expected of right. them, right? Well, they fell in that hole early in the year, and everybody wrote them off. Well, they kind of deserved it. They kind of earned it, and they got a chip on their shoulder, and they played well with the chip on their shoulder. Well, what happens? Here comes the AFC Championship, and there goes the chip. It's, they're they're You're no the longer. Yeah, even, you beat the Bills. Even You're going to the week, Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. Last week against the Bills, it, they could put together this notion that the Bills are supposed to beat us. They're the hot team this year. We're only favored by a point and a half. How are we only favored? You know, right. they, they're supposed to win this game. This week, none of that was in play. They were back to being the top dogs again. They don't play well as the top dogs. They just don't. They need to be down 10 points in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl to make magic. They need to be the team that everyone thinks isn't good enough to make magic and the best thing that could happen to them the narrative all off season long the chiefs are done the chiefs are over the chiefs are washed that's the, that to me is the right ingredient for them to try to build this back up again for everybody to say it's over for the chiefs because that's when they play their best when they feel like everyone thinks they're not going to and then when they do when everyone's saying oh it's the chiefs hail to the chiefs that's when the chiefs crumble yeah, it's, it's amazing. Uh, it is. It really is. No, they do. They seem to be that type of team. I mean, you're right from the get go. You know, they've just been one of those teams where when they're down or things seem to be, oh, no, they're not going to be able to pull it out. That's when they focus and play their best. Not always the best when they're the king of the hill. You're right. They get sloppy. They get complacent. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to put your finger on it. It really is. It's frustrating. It is because, again, I think we all see the greatness that they are capable of. But I think that's the thing I go back to. It's the inconsistency of play. Yeah, when they're at their best and they're playing their A-plus football, I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're probably as good as anybody in the game. The problem is their floor and when they don't play their best is remarkably lower than most great teams you see. I think that's where it comes down to. Like Even yesterday, the Bengals playing their worst are okay. It was like a B minus, B, B, uh, B effort. You know, but when the Chiefs, when things go bad, it goes bad in a hurry. And it just go you go, man, what, what the hell is going on here? Defense, you know, getting run on, letting a few plays in the pass game. Offense, unable to find any rhythm in the second half. And that's where you do got to give Lou Anarumo, Anarumo and the Bengals a lot of credit. They threw them out of their rhythm. I mean, you get a, you know, first down uh, Chiefs on the first drive of the second half, and then they punt. They got a first down on the second drive, and then they punt. And then became the interception. And all of a sudden it's, whoa, we're only down eight. And now we got the short field. They score. They get the two-point conversion. And really controlled the momentum and the field the second half to a way where you just went, man, are the Chiefs going to be able to hang on? Are they going to be able to hang on and win this football game or make a play here? That's where it was stunning. It really was. Uh, but I don't know why we're stunned. Like you said, this was an unbelievable playoffs. And just the last two weeks have been unreal. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 
21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's hear from Patrick Mahomes on what the Bengals did to slow the Kansas City offense down in the second half of Sunday's game. Yeah, they just had a spy on me for the for the most part. And I've usually done a great great job of getting around that guy, but they, did, they had a good game plan. Um, they were doing this a lot of similar stuff in the first half. We were, we were just executing at a higher level, um, and they stayed with it. Uh, they fought. I mean, that's, that's a good football team, but it takes a lot of, uh, of fight to stay in a game whenever you're down like that. Um, but, I mean, I got to be better. I mean, when you're up 21-3 to three at one point in the game, you can't lose it. And I, I mean, I put that on myself. I respect that. I appreciate him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, pre- I mean, I appreciate that, and I respect that, but it – they had to be stunned, as as stunned as we are, if not more stunned, by what happened. Twenty-one to three, they're supposed to win that game. It's supposed to be forty-two to ten by the time it's all said and done. I was feeling very good about my forty-one to twenty-four and the over. I, I, how did the over not hit in that game yesterday? That's that's even more amazing to me than the outcome. How do we not have more than fifty-four and a half points the way that game was going? But. You know, I I said this earlier, and and look, I I don't want to advocate for anyone to be hired. That's the decision that needs to be made by ownership, general managers. They're the ones who know best or or think they do the people to whom their team should be entrusted. But how do you not at least? Yeah. There's four jobs still open, right? Vikings, Jaguars, Dolphins, and I feel like there's another one that I'm missing. I'm sure there's another one that I'm missing, but. how do you not at least press pause and say, let's look at this Bengals defensive court. Now, let's do a little work up on him. Let's try to figure out what he's got going on there. And, I'm, and I, I know Bengals fans are thinking, please don't come take our defensive coordinator. And obviously he couldn't be taken for at least two more weeks. But I, I, in the same way that Frank Reich emerged during yeah, the Eagles playoff right. run four years ago, yeah, Chris, I, I kind of think that, 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 that maybe maybe there's reason to uh, to at least at least tell somebody – to put together a, a dossier internally that they can look at on who this guy is, because because maybe Lou Anaromo is a guy that they should at least consider. I'm not saying I'm not saying hire, yeah. but at least consider before they make a final decision. I, I'm I'm I mean I'm with you, Mike. I mean again, I don't know what what speaks more to like what, how good a guy is in like pressure packed moments and what they come up with in their game plan to shut down what we know is the best player in football who is the hottest player in football. I mean, it's Mahomes and Josh Allen are the two best players in the sport. And guys, can we rewind that whole p- little package we just showed there? I think that's cool. I mean, I think, again, it, it, Mike was speaking perfectly to what Lou does here. Look, here we go. I mean, this is, just look at some of these plays. Three-man rush. Nobody gets upfield too much. They all stay in their lanes. You obviously know then downfield, they must be disciplined and stand here. Another kind of four-man rush, but you see the spy sitting there waiting for Mahomes to break either way he goes all over a play action pass here in a big moment. I mean, Mike, to what you're saying, I mean, this is, again, a guy that's obviously got an understanding of having to break down the opposing offense and taking away some of the things that make that team feel comfortable. 
Uh, he made the Ra- he made life hard on the Raiders in that football game. Of course, the plays they made last week in in the in the pass game, as far as the interceptions and Tannehill, and then even slowing down the run game to where they didn't get blown out of the water in that that capacity. And then of course what we saw yesterday. I'm with you again. You know you talk about it all the time. Those pressure moments. Luna Rumo showing he's he's worthy. You put another big you know game in the Super Bowl. Holy cow! I would think some teams would want to talk to him for sure. And this is not a defense of superstars. Trey Hendrickson, big money free agent. He's worked out very well, played his ass off yesterday. But this is just a team working in unison. Yeah, Think about it. you got Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey running around back there. And, and Patrick Mahomes still isn't finding guys open with three guys rushing him. That's what the Bengals were able to do. And, and, and you're right. It gives the Rams something to really think about as they plan for the game that is coming in 13 days. And, of course, you know, as we get closer and closer, we're going to see that team of superstars in L.A., and they're playing in their home stadium, and the Bengals are going to be overlooked, as they are every single week, except when they were at home against the Raiders, and uh, potentially steal the Super Bowl from the Rams. we got plenty of time to work our way in that direction. I want to, I want to circle back to a play that happened in overtime, Chris, because um, it, it's, it's – Probably the only controversy coming out of the game from an officiating standpoint, and I've had a chance to watch it over and over and over again, and I think it was the right decision at the end of the day, but it is at least worth talking about. This is the Joe Mixon run, 13 yards from the Kansas City 25 down to the 12 in overtime. He goes to the left. He gets in some traffic here. It looks like maybe he's touched, and then he stumbles down, gets up, drops the ball, celebrates. You see 38, I believe, from the Chiefs scoop it up, so, you know, you would have had a clear recovery if there had been a finding via replay review that it was a fumble. And CBS was talking about replay review of illegal formation, whatever, and I know a lot's going on. It's a lot to process. MDS locked onto it right away and said, hey, Andy Reid thinks that Joe Mixon wasn't down and fumbled the ball. Um, I've, I've looked at the rule 50 times. I've looked at the play 50 times. There's no way on replay review they were going to overturn the finding that he declared himself down and did not try to advance the ball. It's the Victor Cruz play from 2011. They actually changed the rule after that to make it even more clear that in a moment like that, the play's over. He's down. He's not putting the ball down because somebody knocked it out or it slipped out of his hands. His demeanor, his posture, everything about that is this play's over. And the NFL now regards the play as over, regarded the play as over when Victor Cruz did it in 2011. That's why they didn't do replay review, because there was not going to be clear and obvious evidence that the play wasn't over. The play was over. Joe Mixon declared the play to be over. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, again, I know I saw that there was a thing on, you know, online, social media. I realized that. But, yeah, in the new age, in the NFL, player safety, all of that, yeah, the guy has given himself up. He thought he was tackled. He thought somebody had knocked him down on the opposing team. He dropped the ball. That was it. Yes, so that was the right call. I had no problem with that. I mean, again, I wasn't sitting there even at the time. That was one where – uh, I saw it happen. I understand how some people might go, oh, he dropped the ball. No one really touched him. But I don't know. It, to me, the NFL was spot on with that one. That, that that was a slam dunk. We've seen that happen in the NFL. And with the way the rules are to protect players now, they made the right call 100%. Let's hear from Andy Reid after the game explaining what he was trying to get the officials to do after that play. I was wondering what, what they were going to say about that, yes. Um, you can't challenge right there, but it's, uh, I, I've had a chance to 
um, to talk to him, and they said he gave himself up, so. No challenges in that spot because it's overtime. Any replay review is initiated by the replay process itself. And, you know, Chris, at first I thought this is one of those plays where whatever the ruling on the field, there wouldn't have been clear and obvious evidence to overturn it. And plenty of plays fall into that bucket where either way, whatever the ruling on the field is, you're not going to be able to overturn it. The more I watched it and the more I go back and look at the rule and think about the Victor Cruz play, the rules actually have changed since then to make it easier for a guy to give himself up i think if the ruling on the field had been fumble they would have changed recovery it. by the chiefs they would have they would have said no Agreed. he declared himself down i mean of, of course he just we know it when we see it yeah he thought clearly he was down. obvious common he wasn't, sense he exactly was, he wasn't he trying, was to, not advance trying to advance the ball right right, right. yeah i'm with you 100 but but i just because i don't want look anytime the officials screw up and we know they screw up we are willing to say they did I, I just want to make sure that people understand in a situation like this, they did get it right. And it shouldn't mar or undermine in any way the Bengals' victory. And it shouldn't make the Chiefs or their fans feel like they got screwed. No, they, they didn't. 100%. It was the right call. It's the right call. It's a, there's no doubt about it. Yes. And, I mean, you said it right. He doesn't know. He's not sure. He got, he got was As he was kind of making that cut to his right, if we could show that one more time, I mean, he gets tangled up with his own offensive lineman's feet. But at the same time, there's a defender right there, too. And I think he thinks that guy's legs probably hit him as well. He doesn't know. But obviously, yes, he's going down. He put the ball down. The play was over. He thought he was down by contact. You know, you can't feel or know every little person that touches you on a football field. Obviously thought the play was over, gave himself up, dropped the ball. Clear and clear, like clear. We don't need to make a controversy of this. I didn't think it was a controversy at the time. I know some people still are, but no, NFL got it right. You said it right, Mike. One last thing I noticed, too, the last sometimes the last time you see something, it, it, it shows you something you missed before. I think he may have thought that that guy who fell on top of him as he hit the ground was a Chiefs a, a player. player. Watch right. this at the very right. end. Yeah. So even if he even if he didn't think that someone touched him and made him fall down there as he hits the ground, somebody rolls over top of him. So uh, but but look, like we don't the, want and, the and, Chiefs you, to you, win the game because this plays like this. Like, come on, right. everybody. See, Let's that, use common sense. This is the this yeah. is not like a real play that should determine a football game. This is common sense. The referees used it. The NFL used it and they got it right there. We don't want that determining the game. Oh, a guy thought he was down and dropped the ball. Oh, wow. Amazing play by the Chiefs defense. No, I want what's done in the competitive balance of the football game to determine it. Not like like hokey kind of crap like that right there and that, that would be the thing that jumps out to me two important points one and you mentioned it player safety you don't want to see a guy in a situation like that get blown up right hey hope hey you know he's not down he's not down so somebody comes in out of nowhere right, and flattens right, crushes him. you don't him. want that and also also you don't want somebody getting cute and trying to do some okie doke bull crap where they initially act like they're they're down right and then they take off for the end zone i think that's one of the reasons why they added the word immediate to the rule after the victor cruz thing you don't want a situation where a guy can pretend that he's giving himself up and then shoot to the end zone that's not good for anybody either so it's the right call all around uh one injury note 
for the Bengals, C.J. Uzama. Oh, man. Their great tight end who, who has a knack for coming up with great plays. It looked like it was a serious, serious injury, the way that he was upset and crying. Yeah, and, right. You know, and, and he's had a torn Achilles in the past. It's a knee injury. Um, didn't return. He's got 13 days to recover. I saw MCL yesterday, different grades of MCL. Who knows? Maybe we'll see him in 13 days. But it was, a, it was a shame to see him miss out on being part of it. And he's a guy who has been a great presence for the Bengals throughout the course of the year. And he's a guy who has been there through all the crap. That's he right. was a rookie in 2015, the last time that they had won the division and been a playoff team. So he suffered through some very, very bad years. I hope he gets to enjoy what's next for the Bengals. A very unlikely turnaround. A very unlikely Super Bowl birth. Super the kind Bowl? Of thing, Chris... The NFL has to love this Got because to. it feeds into the idea yes. that all those downtrodden teams out there, no the Lions, doubt. the Jaguars, the Texans, there's hope. Look what you there's can hope. do. It may, be, it, may be, it may be a very thin sliver of hope, but it's still hope. It can happen. I, I know. I think that's what's kind of the cool thing about the matchup. You got like a team, two teams that it's total different approaches. It's one where it's like worst of first and holy cow, the first pick of the draft has never been in the Super Bowl his second year in the NFL. You know, nor has what the the team that's gone to the Super Bowl where they four only four wins the year before. I mean, this is it's amazing. It is. This is what the NFL is. This is why it's structured the way it is. We they want stories like this. Now, this is even more rare than I think they even intended for. But I mean, I just think when you couple that together, the Bengals. Who gives a damn about them? Oh no, Joe Burrow got there. Okay, they're kind of cool. Oh, he hurt his knee. They won't be worth a damn this year. Oh crap! Look at this. They drafted this guy Jamar Chase. Holy crap! The Bengals are amazing. And then you got the Rams, who are just shelling out millions to people. Here you go. Here's millions. Here's millions. Here's draft picks. We want stars, and that's all we give a damn about. And we got both teams going to play each other in the Super Bowl. I think that's really cool. I think it speaks to what the NFL is right now and why it's the best sport in the world. Because there's some, we're all playing within the same rules, but we have two teams that have kind of done it their own way. And I think that's where it's it's a neat matchup. Chris, think about the vibe that was surrounding the Bengals as the season approached. Right? They were barely using Joe Burrow in the preseason. There were concerns articulated by him. Maybe he was playing the okey-doke on right, everybody. Right. There were concerns <laughs> right. articulated by him about, you know, it's very real. You tear the ACL in your plant leg. Yeah. For a right-handed quarterback, it's your left knee. That knee got that knee got destroyed. I don't even want to see the replay again. Yeah, it's a bad one. more than a year ago. It was awful. And he's back, and he's ready to go week one, and there were questions about whether or not he'd be able to step in the pocket, step up, and throw the ball, and not think about that knee. And you know what? He never thought about that knee. And – and, and that it just felt like it was setting up to be another potential disaster for the Bengals. That's what makes what they did even more amazing. And credit to them. And, and you're right. The Rams, forget about these first-round picks. We don't need these first-round picks. Yeah. We don't need these unscratched lottery tickets. Meanwhile, the Bengals' back-to-back -back years get generational guys. Right. They right. get Joe Burrow one year. They resist any and all temptation to trade down. There was a story yesterday, and it's not anything new, but, you know, the Dolphins were trying to get we, – we've known this. Yeah. The Dolphins were trying to get the Bengals to flip-flop the first pick for the fifth pick. 
And the Bengals kept saying no, 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 to the point where the Bengals never even found out what the Dolphins would have offered. They wouldn't even engage them in the discussion. And I still think that's a mistake. I think you need to know what you're giving up before you say no. And, you know, in theory, they <laughs> could have gotten Justin anymore, Herbert. It ain't a mistake anymore, Mike. It ain't I mean, a mistake right, anymore. Right. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's proved out. It's yeah. proved out. Look. But but you know what? Hey, Justin Herbert plus whatever else the Dolphins would have given you. I don't know. Maybe they'd be yeah, in the I same hear spot. You. I but, hear you. Yeah. But, but regardless, regardless, they held firm. They built their team with a couple of key draft picks. And the Rams, meanwhile, keep throwing away their draft picks. Even And the, the irony is the best player on the Rams is a guy they drafted in round one in Aaron Donald. That's what amazes me, that they they don't value those picks, even though they see every day in the form of number 99 what a great first-round pick can do for your franchise. No, you're right. It is. It's ironic. It is. They just they decide to go, oh, we'll use other teams' first-round picks. And we, we've seen them on the field, and we know what they're going to be, so come here, and we'll trade away other picks. It, it is. It's, it's, they're rare. They really are. I mean, we question with the Rams. Can they, can they get where they are? You know, being this top-heavy, all the stars, is there enough depth on the football team? Can they stay healthy throughout the year? They did for the most part and continue to get better and better and are, and are, have peaked right at the right time here. Uh, that, that's what's really cool. And, the, you, know, you know, when you talk about the Bengals, yes, it's, it's value and free agency. It's Eli Apples and Shadobia Wuze. Oh, here's splash some money for Trey Hendrickson. But O-linemen through the draft, a few through free agency. And then, I mean, the, the pick of all picks. Come on. Joe Burrow, just like what Patrick Mahomes did, he, we view the Bengals different now from here on out. They just look different. Like we talked about last week or two weeks ago. I don't know. Their uniforms even look cooler now. I used to think they looked like crap. Now they're winning and Joe Burrow looks cool. And I start to go, <laughs> damn, they look kind of cool out there yesterday in the all-whites. I mean, the slippery SOB he is, making plays, doing that, running around. He is some football player. He really is Joe Burrow. He's, his, he's Joe Cool part two. I mean, again, this play here, I mean, in the second half, he did a lot of Mahomesian type things. You know, you know, might not be as sexy, might not be quite the laser in the arm, but, man, making people miss, people around him. Come on, this play right there, Chris Jones in your grasp twice, you don't ever see that happen. I, you just don't see quarterbacks get away from Chris Jones that way. Uh, Joe Burrow is a phenomenal talent. It's really cool to see a, a new star on the scene in the Super Bowl. That was shades of Eli Manning before the throw to yeah, David right? Tyree. Obviously, he ran for the first down. So he did that a couple of times he did. in the second half. So there it is. There's another one. Yeah. You know, seeing the opening. And look at that speed. I mean, and he is fearless, especially with the season on the line. But he plays that way all the time. He never worries about getting injured, never thinks about it. Uh, which, you, you know, that, that I, I, I don't love that. I, I'd like to see a little – I'd like to say, you know, I want to see him continue to play to play and be healthy and thrive, but he just doesn't care. He's going to go get it, and he's going to go take it. Let's hear a little bit from grown-up Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone now that he is <laughs> funny. in the Super Bowl in only his second NFL season. I wouldn't call it surreal. I would say it's exciting. You know, I think if you would have told me – before the season that we'd be going to the Super Bowl, I probably would have called you crazy. But then, you know, we played a whole season and, you know, nothing surprises me now. I know the kind of guys that we have and the team that we have. So, you know, there's there's still one left. We're excited about this one, but, you know, we'll celebrate tonight and then move on. It's just great. You know, the situation that I'm in socially doesn't really feel real to me because, you know, in my head, I'm just the same old guy, but, you know, I. You know, my 
one of my idols growing up, Kid Cudi reached out to me yesterday. You got LeBron tweeting at me or whatever you said it was. I mean, that's just, that part is surreal. The football part, not so much. That stuff, that stuff is crazy. That necklace is not something he no, found that's at the bottom not, of Buzz's that is not either. <laughs> that's really uh, sad. And that cigar that's, is not something that, that yeah. he took from Buzz. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't know what that, the, above the Nike swoosh and uh, great uh, product placement there for Phil there? Knight and JBO J- I thought it said JB9. Maybe that's Get, what it was. Step aside, TB12. Here comes JB9. JB9 I, is I, what it says. Oh, I like it. I really do. A little ice. I saw him coming in the game yesterday when he was walking in the locker room. He had the, you know, the cool coat on with the turtleneck, and I didn't see the Nike symbol there. I'm sure they're extremely happy there. They're, they're getting free advertisement. But uh, this is this is why guys in the locker room like this guy, though. That's different. I mean, that's different right there. Especially, listen, I'm just going to say it. From a white quarterback, it, that's different. I don't know any way to say it. I mean, yeah, you know, gold chain, diamonds hanging down. You know, I mean, again, it's just that's a he's a different dude. I really respect him, and he's got a swagger that's his own and his own personality, and he owns it. And he's very mature in the way he talks in front of the microphone every every week. I mean, he's really got it all, let alone the cool and pizzazz to where you go, I, I can see why the guy changes around an organization and the whole locker room gravitates towards him and wants to dance with him when he's smoking the cigar and doing everything. I mean, he's got a cool, cool way about him. He really does. It's undeniable. You mentioned free advertising for Nike. I've got a feeling, I don't know this, I've got a feeling that was a gift from Nike. I've got a feeling that Joe probably got a nice little paycheck for wearing it yesterday. Maybe. Because if he didn't, he should. Because that that logo's gigantic. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think he was doing that as a favor to anyone. The JB9 was the, the tiny little print. The logo took over, and the Bengals took over, and they're on the way to the Super Bowl. When we return, the Rams holding serve at home on a day when it didn't feel like a home game again against the 49ers. Rams get it done. We'll break that down when PFT Live continues right after this. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.